right, but moving on. Did the microphone trick me into? I've been a sports fan my entire life because all of my friends are horrible people. Yes, Cam had a very bad game. Can we get that on tape? Get that overrated piece of crap out of this conversation. <laughs> are you sure you want this on tape? That's what I was transitioning to. Big time Timmy Jim Crystal Bartello Cologne. A lot of tears and a lot of beers. I can't argue with anything you say. Hello and welcome to Late Night Shots. It's Chris and Landon tonight. How's it going, buddy? It's going good. Alex would have made it, but he's too busy uh, throwing things at referees. I think I saw him just waiting for somebody wearing a black and white shirt to drive by so he could throw something at him. Typical Saints fans. Yeah, t- yeah well, when you have that much stuff happen, I guess it kind of makes sense. But that's going to be the mulligan of this week is, so the Saints, after a not nearly as controversial as the other two years, um, they lose the game, and then as the refs are leaving for the locker room, the fans just start chucking stuff at them. Bunch of crybabies. <laughs> That's what uh, it sounds like to me. Landon just loves to rip on Saints fans and the Saints in general whenever he gets the opportunity. Even when I was in New Orleans, I was doing it. Yeah, but it you was, love doing it. Oh, it was it makes you so happy. It was fantastic. It, it's never a good look to throw things at the refs. Um, like, it wouldn't even been okay last year for him to do it with the no. the Rams game. Um, unless it's, like, something insanely obvious that causes the game to sway right there at that one point. But it's still not okay to throw things at them. <laughs> you can hear the commentator. There's video going around on Twitter of it. Commentator's like, ladies and gentlemen, please do not throw things towards the field or officials. <laughs> yeah. It's not a good look. Idiots. And it doesn't matter how bad the call is against you. It just makes you look worse. Like, people might have been in your corner after the game been like, well, it wasn't as bad, but maybe the Saints did get screwed again. Like, maybe there is something against them. Instead, it's like you're talking about. It's like, look at these crybabies throwing things at the refs. Oh, yeah. If you can, I just recommend looking up Saints fans. Like, from yesterday... There's videos of people out there freaking like screaming and cur- oh, it's fantastic. It's pretty funny. Like that is one of the better things whenever anything like this happens, regardless of the team, because there's always people like that. Oh god, yes. But they're just up in arms about it more because to them it's like it's happened a bunch of times. Sure. Which the argument could be made, but I don't think we're gonna get into that because Alex isn't here, um, and we all know how Landon feels about it because it's the Saints. <laughs> Just how intoxicated would you have to be to throw things at a ref? Even intoxicated, I don't think I would throw something at a ref. Neither do I. Like it's the the catch twenty two. That much beer would kill me. So like it could never happen. Yeah, pretty much. That much tequila would definitely <laughs> kill me. <laughs> and that is not okay to do as a challenge accepted. But that is going to be the mulligan for this week. I'm sure Saints fans and maybe the refs a little bit want it. If you want to take advantage of your mulligan, head to Homestead Farm and Golf in Linden, Washington. Mention late night shots for a free small bag of range balls. Um, even though it's the winter months, it's cold, days are short. They have some par three events going on every other Friday. So you can make sure to check that out. Um, if you make it in there in time, when you spend $100 in the pro shop, you get a $25 gift card. So if you're in there looking to buy a new driver, it gets you a hundred dollar gift card, so you can get some, I think maybe a nice putter to go along with it for what is essentially free. 
Uh, so make sure to head to Homestead for all your golfing needs. Also follow them on Instagram. That's right. And Facebook, but not Twitter because they haven't posted in like four and a half years. <laughs> Did not know that. Yeah. It's like 2015 or something. Oh, wow. I had to go look stuff up to make sure it was like the right Homestead. It is. It's just been that long. <laughs> so we'll start with the Saints game. I know it wasn't the first one, but it's the one we were just talking about. Did you see what Terry McCauley posted? I did not. So Terry McCauley is um, a veteran NFL referee. I don't think he's a ref anymore, right? Didn't he recently retire? Yeah. Yeah, because he breaks down the rules for um, NBC on Sunday Night Football now, and so some of the playoffs. So veteran referee, he says, it's illegal for an offensive player to extend his arms or arms and create clear separation from the defender. That was pass interference. So this is a, a former ref saying that, but I guess the part of that rule that's open to imp- interpretation is uh, extending the arms to create clear separation. Was it clear separation? I don't know. Land in the NFL fan. Was it clear separation? Not no, land in the Panthers no, fan. <laughs> no. No, it was not. I mean, they are both hand fighting. Yeah. Right? They're hand fighting all the way to the corner. Yep. Rudolph, Rudolph's a big guy, right? Yeah. Anything that he does on a corner that small is going to create separation. Yeah. So, no, to me it was not. It did not warrant enough. Yeah. I think that if the defender would have been in a better position, then it would have been called. Sure. I, I would agree with that. Because there was he couldn't make a play on the ball. Like, he was beat by a tight end. You're not going to look for the ball. You're just trying to knock it, his hands down. Yeah, he wasn't even, play, he wasn't even playing the ball. Yeah. Um, but if you're Rudolph, like, obviously that's the smart play, even if you do get called for it, right? Oh, sure. Because worst case is offensive pass interference. And then they just kick a field goal or maybe score a touchdown because that was first and goal, right? Or second and goal because they tried to first. Oh no, was it that was th- that was third and goal? Was it third? Yeah, it was like third and four because I think they tried to run it a couple times and then they threw it to him because if it was overthrown, they were going to have to kick a field goal. I think you're correct. So even if it's offensive pass interference, um, what would the penalty there be? Ten yards? Yeah. So they're kicking a. 32-yard field goal, something like that. No, no, 36-yard field goal. Say if they call the playback, they don't score anyways. Yeah. Right? You're just moving it back. Yeah, so you're going from the 15-yard line. Yeah. Chances are you're not scoring there. Um, But I guess the other question that gets brought up is overtime rules. Yeah, OT rules should be tweaked. Playoff OT rules should be tweaked. I don't mind. I I still don't really like it, but the – Field goal, other team gets the ball. Touchdown, game's over. <laughs> Everyone should get a chance. Like, in this case, the Vikings won the toss. Yep. Elected to receive. Yep. So the Saints, like, yeah, they, they should have stopped them or whatever. But they still never got a chance to score. No, they did not. And the way that they were playing in the fourth quarter, at least... Because they had a nice drive with a breeze fumble, a nice drive with the field goal, and then a nice drive with the touchdown. Yep. So they were moving the ball. So they likely would have gone down and gotten close at least. And then did you see what Pat McAfee said? I did not. Like 
anytime he talks, it's golden because he's probably one of the best or most underrated people in sports talk, right? McAfee? I do love Pat McAfee. He's like, just like beer pong. One team gets it, you get a rebuttal. It's like, eh, can't, can't argue with that part of it. Can't argue with that. <laughs> sure, it could be tweaked. But. Yeah. So what would be the way you would tweak it then? Would you go college style? Would you go just each team gets the ball at least once? Each each team should get the ball at least once. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't go direct college style in the NFL because it's too easy to score. Well, you'd have but to make some could, kind of adjustment, well, like going from the 40 or the 50. I would or, say start at midfield, yeah. and then that's what I would do. Midfield would be kind of nice because it would pretty much take the kickers out of it. Like you'd have to get a first down to kick. Yep. Um, but you'd probably see the field goal record broken because – What's the point in not kicking it? Like, yeah. if it's fourth and ten, well, it's fourth and ten, so you got yeah. a better chance of getting fourth and ten than you do kicking a 68-yarder. Yeah, <laughs> I would agree with that, unless you're in Denver. Yeah, or you're 2007 Sebastian Janikowski. Or that. Yeah. But this game is very reminiscent of the last time they played, right? Because weren't the Saints down by ten going into the fourth quarter? And they came back. Except that time, the Saints scored two touchdowns. Yep. Right? Because it was almost the exact same scenario. 20-10, to 10, going into the fourth quarter. Um, Saints scored field goal touchdown instead of touchdown-touchdown. Yep. And then the Vikings drove down and scored. Yep. It's just, it's rough for the Saints. Like, I mean. I, I mean, okay, it's rough to be a Saints fan, just to, like, keep having these close games happen regardless of the penalties and all that, but just like to lose three like overtime or last minute plays three years in a row. Like that sucks. I mean, sure. It sucks. And, and for the record, I was going to come here tonight. I had everything planned out. I was going to come here tonight. I was going to rip on cousins about what a choke artist that guy is (laughs) overrated. Shouldn't be paid that much money. And instead, I had to switch up my game plan and say, I brought it up to you earlier. This just confirms it. The New Orleans Saints are the Houston Rockets of the NFL. They have a fantastic regular season. Mm. They get to the playoffs. And they choke. Yeah. I mean, they look like they're going to do it. And then they're not able to. Like, So I would say that, was it last year against the Rams where they blow the leads and stuff like that? That's them against the Warriors when they're up 3-2. Yep. And then them not being able to score is like going over 26 from downtown or whatever yep. it was. Yeah. it's I can't think of a better comparison. And, I mean, if you really look at the Saints offense. Unless you want to call the Saints the Dodgers, but the Dodgers actually make it to the World Series. True that. Um, if you really think about it, who was the best player for the Saints yesterday? Oh, uh... Jared Cook? I don't know. Taysom Hill. Yeah. He was the best guy. He was the best guy. Not Breeze, not Kamara, not Michael Thomas. It was freaking Taysom Hill. Yeah. I did love that. Uh, Who was the announcer in that game that was ripping him for not being able to throw the deep ball? Aikman? I think so, yeah. Aikman's like, like Taysom Hill just can't throw the ball. And then he uncorks that 60-yarder just right to him. It's like, yeah, it was like half a yard under thrown, but still very impressive throw. Like, he was... Head and shoulder, in my opinion. Like, and nobody saw this coming, right? Like, the Saints were on a historic pace coming into the playoffs. The mm-hmm. Vikings were on the way down. Yep. Like, nobody, nobody saw this coming. 
So are the Vikings the 2017 Eagles? No. Well, just that like they go in, they're going to be the underdog in every game they play in. No one's going to believe in them. I don't think so. No? All right. It just seems like the a similar scenario, but just I guess there's not too much, but the, the situation, I guess, where like bottom seed, always going to be an underdog. Yep. Yeah. I just. And you text me during the game, too. You're like, the Saints are being really outcoached. Oh, Peyton got outcoached hardcore yesterday by Zimmer. Which, that was one of the reasons I was confident in this game, is Zimmer has not looked like the greatest coach this year. No. I don't know if that was from fighting with like his play callers, the GM or something, between the whole, we need to run the ball 40 times, or we need to pass the ball 40 times. Yeah. Because they went back and forth on that a couple times this year. Yep. But And Peyton had been doing a good job. Like, Breeze throws 74.5% on the year or whatever. Thomas breaks the record. Kamara's starting to score touchdowns. Just fell apart. And and you could also look at Peyton. The Saints had the shot in the fourth quarter. If he would have managed the game better from a play-calling standpoint, yeah. the Saints probably win that game. So... You're talking about the – oh, because they kicked a field goal to tie it, right? That's yeah. what it was? Yep. So they're driving down, and was it there was 21 seconds on the clock. Yeah. And they're trying to hurry up and spike it. What was Kamara thinking? Because that was Kamara, right, that jumped? Yeah. Or that wasn't set and he was trying to move around? Yeah. Like, you figure being on the Saints and being – on the same team as Breeze, you're prepped for those situations. Yep. And you Kam- would hope. Kamara's split out enough. It's not like he's trying to figure out how to line up as a wide receiver. It's yeah. not like it's Marshawn Lynch out there. No. I I didn't get it. And then it goes further than that, too, because 21 seconds with one timeout, it's like, okay, you get the spike. You can do a couple things from there. Yeah. So they elect to save their timeout, which I did not agree with. <laughs> I didn't either. And so underneath two minutes – when the clock is running, there's a 10-second runoff. Yep. So it goes down to 11 seconds, and it's going to wind on the whistle. Yep. They throw this weird little arrow route to Kamara. Wasn't it to Kamara? Yes. So they're going yeah. left to right on the screen. Kamara's at the bottom. And it's just like a quick arrow route to him. I don't know if he's trying to catch it and scoot out of bounds and get him like four yards. I think that's what they were doing. But you have a timeout left. You don't need to run a play like that. You can run almost any play. You just can't get sacked. Could have taken a shot, right? Yeah. And I don't know if he specifically had Breeze run that play because Breeze was getting freaking pressure the entire game. He didn't want to, you know. But even then, if he, even if he gets sacked, Lutz still has a good enough leg indoors. Yeah, because if he gets sacked, that puts him at 50... Six yards? Something like so that. So it's going to be long. It's going to be near his career long, which was in the Texans game earlier this year. Yeah. The 58 yarder. Yes. Um, but you got to think, like, you still have Ted Ginn, who was roasting them occasionally during the game because yep. he's still fast. Oh, yeah. And you got Michael Thomas. Yep. And you got Cook. Like, you have weapons to throw the ball deep. And Kamara. It's like, worst case is, like, you leave Kamara in the backfield. So if there is pressure, Breeze can just chuck it at his feet. Eligible receiver, no wind-off, anything like that. And it's fine. Nope. Instead. Seven seconds left. They end up not needing the timeout. 
And Lutz does make the field goal on a line drive that barely gets like halfway up the field goal posts. Yep. <laughs> and then drive down the field touchdown. The other thing, I think I said this to you. I might have that Harrison Smith like saved the game for the Vikings. Oh yeah, with tackling those two tackles on yeah. Taysom Hill. Oh yeah, because that was the the drive that Breeze fumbled. Um, yeah, big play by Taysom Hill and Harrison Smith. Last line of defense tackles him. And was it Taysom Hill again on the next one? Yes, it was. Last line of defense. Weird, where he did that weird slow motion spin for yeah. a white guy <laughs> and started running down the sideline. And Harrison Smith saves him on both and. The first one, I don't think Taysom Hill would have scored a touchdown because there was other no, people. But the second one, he would have. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I didn't realize that like Taysom Hill doesn't have like top end speed. He might could have just been tired from having the two tough plays, but I was surprised he got caught by those guys that easy. But yeah, that is the the Saints Vikings game. Um, Gotta love it. That started it off Sunday. And like two years ago, how it was almost the same setup, almost the same score. The next game, these two teams played earlier in Philly. In Philly. And the outcome was exactly the same. 17-9, Hawks win. And did you see that this was the highest viewed TV event since last year's Super Bowl? The Hawks-Eagles game? Yep. I'm shocked. Highest viewed event. It was the highest viewed wild card weekend ever for oh. a, for adding up the four games. And it was the best wild card weekend ever. Oh, it was arguably. It was really good. Um, all four games are one score. Um, they're all close at the end. Uh, did the Hawks score in the? They scored theirs in the third quarter, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think all these games had a lead change or were like a field goal game in the fourth quarter, besides the Hawks game. But the Eagles still had a chance, and that was with Wentz going out in the first quarter. Yeah, he went out early. Was it with nine minutes left or nine minutes in? Nine minutes left. Okay. So, yeah, like first, second drive, he goes out. Yeah. And so Wentz, he's dancing or kind of sliding around in the pocket. He goes to run up, still behind the line of scrimmage, um, gets hit, goes down, and Clowney like shoulder dives into him. Trying to save, like he dives into him, but it's leading with his head and shoulder. Yeah, it was weird because he like it looked like he was trying to do like a, a shoulder roll, like he tucked with that shoulder. And I don't think it was clean. I don't know if it was dirty though. You're not gonna get any sympathy from me. You're talking to a guy whose QB has been head hunted in games before, so it's true. You're not you're not going to get any sympathy from me about Clowney's hit on on Wentz. I think it was just a freak thing, right? Like cuz as Wentz is and even the refs said it after the game, Wentz was still a runner. Yeah. He hadn't given himself up. Incidental helmet contact and that's, you know. That was the part I was curious about was yeah, he's a runner, but you still can't lead with your helmet. Like, he had face down leading with the crown of his helmet to make that play. Is it because Wentz was on the ground and he's, like, going down to the ground, so that's why it's okay? Or did they just miss it? Uh, I don't think it was going to get flagged regardless. Yeah. Were you surprised that 
Wentz was allowed to stay in the game for the rest of that drive? So here, here's what I heard. Um, what I heard was that Wentz stayed in, um, and you could see on the next plays, right? And mm-hmm. before, even on the third and 10 pass to uh, Boston Scott, like he's rubbing his eyes, right? Yeah. Um, and then he goes to the bench, and him and McCown are looking at the tablets, and he apparently can't see them. He can't see the tablet. It's all fuzzy. So he's yeah. telling and, McCown, like, hey, I'm going to go get like looked at. I'm not feeling real yeah. hot. And you can see him like holding his head and holding his yeah. eyes and, yeah, all and, the symptoms. And so he he got himself checked out. Yeah. Um, am I surprised that he stayed in for the one play? No. Yeah. No, I'm not. Um, but I mean, it happens, right? It yeah. it's a fast moving sport. Yeah. And it, those things just Clowney's six five two sixty. Clowney's a big boy. Yeah. It's not like it's easy to stop those guys. No. And even if he doesn't hit him with his helmet. Right? Yeah. If he hits him with a shoulder right there and still whence his head hits the ground, it's probably going to be the same exact, yeah. you know, the same outcome. Were the Eagles better off having Wentz out and McCown in? No. You don't think so? No. Even with how well McCown played? I think if Wentz plays, the Eagles probably win that game. Really? Yeah. With how poorly the Hawks played yesterday, yeah, I, I think the Eagles probably win. I mean... McCown didn't look bad. He didn't. He look looked bad. really good. He did not look bad, especially for a forty-year-old high school head coach <laughs> who was signed mid-season. Yep. Or no, was he signed at the beginning? Of- yeah, July. He okay, was signed yeah. in July. Because they showed the, the screenshot or a little video during the game of him doing like um, desk stuff, desk work, like during the off season. It's like this guy was going to be a commentator and a coach. Yeah. He's still high school. He's still coaching. Yeah. He still coaches every week. He takes a flight back and forth, which is crazy. And now he gets his first ever postseason appearance. And he was drafted in 2002. Yep. I was a freshman in high school. Been on a lot of teams. You were in middle school. Yes, I was. That's crazy. Been on a lot of teams. Yeah, he has a good game. Um, Eagles still had a chance in the fourth quarter. Uh, Down 17 to 9. Fourth and four. Do you think it was a bad pass? Well, he took the sack. No, that was on fourth and seven. On the fourth and four, he throws the little um, wheel route to Miles Sanders, and Clowney's like in the picture, kind of. Oh, so it's yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. behind him. Yeah, that was a. <sighs> I thought it was pretty good placement because he couldn't lead Sanders because Clowney would knock it down. Clowney was right there, and Sanders got both his hands on it. Like I thought he should have caught that ball. Yeah, but that's why I think if if Wentz is in the game, he might catch it because you got to figure McCown's not working with any of these guys no. at all. No, right? he's running scout team practically, and so he's playing with all the guys that aren't playing. So it's probably just you know some miscommunication on mm-hmm. both of them. Um, the one thing that stood out to me the most in that regard was like him not being as comfortable with everybody else on the team was he stands further back in the pocket on shotgun yep. snaps than Wentz does. Yeah. Cause there were so many snaps that he caught at his knees. <laughs> I noticed that as well. It took me a while. I was like, Oh, that's like one or two bad ones. It's like, Oh no. Like he's gotta be standing further back. Cause so many of these are low. Yeah. Where if it was Wentz, he's probably a yard up or whatever. And they're hitting him in the right spot. Yep. But McCown, it's always lean down, get the ball, 
then play. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much of a difference it made for him because he still started the second half like eight for eight. Oh, he was on fire starting yeah. the second half. Actually running the ball decent. I don't think people realize McCown's like a crazy athlete. <laughs> With ridiculous hair. Yeah. And crazy hops. Yeah, and crazy hops. I want to see him and Vince Carter in a dunk contest. <laughs> this 40-year-old's going at it. Uh, they still jump higher than I've ever been able to in my life. Yep. They probably still will be able to at 50. Yeah, so uh, Hawks end up winning this game 17-9, and they'll play the Packers on Sunday afternoon again. Um, Vikings will play the Niners Saturday afternoon. Yes, um, yes. And then the Saturday games were just as good, maybe better. Uh, yeah, I I thought they were better. Yeah. Uh, so in the the afternoon game, Bills at Texans. Bills go up sixteen nothing. They look like they're in complete control of this game. They score to go up sixteen nothing with six minutes left in the third. I think at that point Watson had under eighty yards passing. Yep. Um, Texans just hadn't been able to do anything. And then everyone in that stadium realized, oh, yeah, that's Houston. Oh, yeah, that's Buffalo, and this is the playoffs. And they also realized, yeah, uh, Deshaun Watson's pretty freaking good. Yeah. And uh, he actually stepped up because no one else on his team was going to. No, and he hadn't looked great up to that point. Like, not even bad throws, but bad decisions and all that stuff. And then he showed why he was a top three MVP candidate Yep. for the rest of the game, just making crazy plays. He ends up with 250 passing yards, somewhere in there. Uh-huh. So he throws for 170 in the last 20 minutes of game time. Um, and so they keep scoring. Uh, and then uh, he has a couple nice plays, and he actually gets them up 19 to 16 because they went for two twice. And got them both, right? Because it was 8-16, 11-16, and then 19-16. Yep. So the Bills are driving. And what was Josh Allen thinking with that lateral? (laughs) Inexperienced, man. Just trying to make a play, right? Even though it's boneheaded and absolutely stupid and could have cost them more than it did. Yeah. Just trying to make a play. Yeah, it just... I understand if there's like no timeouts and 10 seconds left or something like that, but there was time to just get tackled. Just, just panicked. Yeah. You just panicked. Luckily, they were able to knock it out of bounds. The guy was smart enough to knock it backwards, so there's no penalty. Um, did the Bills end up having to punt the ball in that drive, and then they got it back again and scored? Or did they just go down and kick a field goal on that one? No, they God. Or was that the drive that they went down and kicked a field goal? So on? Texans got the ball in OT, they punted. Bills got the ball in OT, they punted, and then Houston went down and scored. Oh, that's right. On that ridiculous, ridiculous. freaking play. Yeah. So he's getting hit by a guy on each side. Yep. And you see this every few weeks where because the guy gets hit by a second player, it keeps him upright. Because it transfers out the momentum. Freaking Watson's Houdini anyway, so yeah. he doesn't need more help. He just spins out, and all of a sudden, little dump-off pass, and the guy takes off for 30 yards. Taiwan Jones, baby, Eastern Washington. That's right. It's Alex's boy. Um, yeah, he got 30, 35 yards on that? Yep. So now they're in easy field goal range. And game. And I don't know. 
First and ten. Are you kicking the field goal on first down there? I'm not either. No. I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my god, if he misses this field goal on first down, what in the age? I mean, you have Hyde, who's not going to fumble the ball. No. You just run it up the gut to get to whatever side Fairbairn likes. Um, if you get good yardage, if it's like second and three, run it again. And Hyde might score. The Bills' defense at that point was gassed. Yeah. I would have tried to run it once, uh, maybe kick it on second down. Maybe you run it once, like not even for your kicker, but just your best run play. And then you do the weird like quarterback dive thingy to get where he wants it, and then you kick it on third down. Yeah. So if there's a fumble on the snap, yeah. they recover. Then yeah. If there's a Tony Romo, you can spike it yeah. or whatever, and then you can kick it again. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get. I was like, oh my god, if he misses this field goal, yeah. could you imagine? That would have been insane. Uh, luckily for them, they he made it. Um, so the Texans move on, and they were the only home team to win this week. Because yeah. Sunday, both road teams won. And then Saturday night, all of America rejoiced because the Titans beat the Patriots 20-13. to 13. I actually feel bad for Tom Brady. Because he has no weapons whatsoever? Because he has nobody. Yeah, nothing. Like, people say, oh, Derrick Henry ran for however, but if you look at it, Patriots defense did their job. The Titans offense scored 14 points. Yeah. They were coming in scoring 28 with Tannehill's a starter. Mm-hmm. He didn't even have 100 yards passing, nope. I don't think. It was think. the fewest yards passing in a win since 2009 by the Ravens. And A.J. Brown, their freaking going to be superstar receiver, yep. had four yards receiving. Like, their offense, other than Henry, was shut down. Yeah. And they still only had 14 points. The Patriots have to score 15 points and they win the game. Yeah. And... Between Brady's line and just he's no weapons, the lack of weapons, and I feel bad for Brady. I do, but yeah. at the same time, it'll be nice to see some new blood in there. Yeah, I don't know if Brady's going to go somewhere else or what, but that can be a whole another episode just talking about that easily. Yeah. Um, so Henry goes for was one hundred eighty something like that, yeah. um, and. It ends up being twenty to thirteen. It was really fourteen to thirteen. Yeah, that um, pick six at the yeah. end. Just a ridiculous punt by Tennessee. Um, They're punting from the 40, 35, 35 somewhere. Thirty-five, I think. Yeah. And Patriots bring the house, which they've had a lot of luck this year. They have what five block punts or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, he gets the punt off and takes a great bounce and great coverage to get that ball as it's rolling slowly to the end zone and get them at the one-yard line. Yeah. Um, first first play, right? First Yeah, yeah first play. first play. Brady goes to throw this weird, like, 10-yard hitch, which didn't seem like a great play call. Um, gets tipped, batted up. Logan Ryan, expatriot. Picks it off. Walks it to the end zone. 2013. That sealed it. Yeah. Well, what sealed it was if they would have gone for two and gotten it, which they did go for two, didn't get it. Uh, but the game was over. It was 20 to 13 with, like, what, eight seconds left on the clock or something? Yeah. So the Titans win, um, and they advance to play the Ravens next week. 
So are you surprised that three road teams won? Uh, the w- <laughs> Yes, because going back to the first first game that we talked about, right? Like, nobody thought the Vikings were going to go freaking to New Orleans and win that game. No, and there's a reason they were the biggest underdog of the weekend. Like, like The Saints were supposed to be a really good team. <laughs> Playoff Saints showed up. So in that in that aspect, yeah. I mean, you and I talked about it on, on Friday. Mm-hmm. You were talking about the Pats-Titans game. And, yeah. And you actually told me, right? You were like, I think the Titans are going to win the game. And I'm like, uh, it's tough in that aspect because right before this year, never bet against Brady at home yeah. in the playoffs, right? That aspect, yeah, a little bit. Um, the Hawks, no, not really. The Eagles were so banged up. Yeah. Yeah, the Hawks got lucky by playing the team that was hurt more than them. And in turn, the Hawks have gotten more hurt. Yeah. <laughs> playing the team that's hurt. Yeah. So, I mean, yes and no. Yeah. Well, when it gets to the previews, I don't like any of the road teams this week. And we'll go through it. Um, first game, Saturday afternoon, I think it's around one thirty. is Vikings at Niners. Um, yeah. Uh, as much as I like the Saints, I like the Niners just as much, and I don't think the Vikings can do it two weeks in a row. No. <laughs> I think uh, Kirk Cousins shows up in his Kirk Cousins. I don't even know if it's that. It's just the Niners, like the Saints have been dealing with injuries. They don't have a ton of weapons on offense. Like you have Michael Thomas and Kamara, and that's it. Um, But the Niners are like very well-rounded. Quan Alexander's back this week. Yep. He's probably going to play a role similar to what Watt did, and he's going to have like 50 to 65% of the snaps somewhere in there. But that's still better than whatever you're putting in his place. Yep. I just like the Niners here. Yeah, I don't think the uh, – Especially with a week off. Uh, yeah. I. Good for the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Good for Cousins. When's his first playoff game? Um, you like that. <laughs> and your voice didn't crack. <laughs> um, interesting tidbit, though, and this is kind of off topic, but it relates to the Vikings. Um, them winning this game – may have changed the coaching carousel in a way. Okay. Because there was rumor that Zimmer, if they were eliminated, mm-hmm. was going to meet with Jerry Jones about the Cowboys job. Oh. Um, obviously, Dallas would have had to trade picks to get Zimmer, but mm-hmm. apparently Zimmer and Jerry Jones are really close friends. Oh. I did not know that. The Vikings winning. Now Jerry has to reach out. Had a sleepover with Mike McCarthy at his house, <laughs> and the rest is history now. He hired a coach who's zero and seven hundred, or interviewed a coach that's zero and seven hundred four in the playoffs, in Marvin Lewis, and then McCarthy, and those are the only two people he interviewed. Yeah, yeah, um, but we don't need to talk about Dallas right now. No, just wanted to bring that. Yeah, up. I like it. You going with Niners here too? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of like, course you are. The spread right now is. Nine? No, it's six and a half. Oh, is it six? Oh, yeah. yeah. But we can probably do gambling later. Yeah, we'll do that at the end. Uh, the Saturday night game is Titans at Ravens. Um, this is the spread, depending on where you look. It's like a point and a half different. But uh, Ravens, they've had essentially a week and a half off, two weeks, depending on who you are on the team. Um, Mark Ingram 
the injury was just not near as bad as originally thought because he's a full participant at practice this week already, like he, or he's going to be, um, which is huge. That is huge. Because like Gus Edwards, good, not Mark Ingram. Yeah, <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, and there was a stat today I saw on Twitter. Uh, the Titans like to run like an outside, outside zone. Is that what it's called? Yep. Um, and they've averaged 6.4 yards a carry or something like that. Uh, the Ravens against the outside zone this year, it's been about the same amount of carries for what the Titans have done and what the Ravens have seen. Uh, they give up about 3.2. So the Ravens' strength on run defense, the edges, counteracts the Titans' strength. Yes. And it helps when you have just the huge bodies in the middle like the Ravens do. I mean, in the second half, the Pats kind of laid out the game plan as well, right? Yeah. Like, if you run that 6-1 defense, mm-hmm. um, which would make sense, especially with the, the secondary that the Ravens have. Yeah. I mean, I would just man up the Titan receiver. I don't – if you shut – if Henry doesn't rush for 100 yards, you guys are going to win this game by, like, 30 points. Yeah. Because, like, most teams maybe you're worried about Brown, but what do the Ravens have that no one else in the NFL has? A really good secondary. Two all-pro corners. Right? And a good free safety. Yeah. And that's, I'm I'm fairly confident in this game. I'm always a little nervous. But the Ravens have a good secondary. Yep. The Patriots just showed what happens to Tannehill when he faces a good secondary. And if they're able to keep Henry under 100 yards or to like four yards a carry or something, so maybe he goes 30 for 120, but that's not a good game. No. Um, then I like the Ravens here. And I think I saw that they're not going to try and be fancy to start and like mix around coverages. They're just going to come out and like the heavy coverage, like you said, the six one or whatever, yep. load the line and make Tennessee beat them. Oh yeah. You got to make Tannehill beat you at this point. Yeah. Um, what was the other thing I saw that who's the Titans, uh, Dean Pease. He's there now, right? Yes. The last time Dean Pease faced Greg Roman in a playoff game. Pease's defense gave up like 36 points and 450 yards or something. So there's that part of it. And the Pats ran the ball on him. Yeah. Pats ran the ball. Guess who likes running the ball more than anyone in the history of the NFL? Not the Patriots. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> well, not anymore. Uh, yeah, the Ravens. Um, they ran for, what did it end up being? 33, no. 3,300 yards? 3,400 yards? Yeah, some ridiculous. Yeah, um, I like them here. It's going to be a fun Saturday. I really like when the team I enjoy watching is playing the night game on Saturday, just because it's more relaxed and I don't know, just it's better than trying to get to the game in the middle of the day. Uh, you like the Ravens here, also? I'm guessing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Sunday morning, Texans at Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs. Somehow ended up with a bye, even though Mahomes missed three games. Yeah. Four games? Three and a half games? Something like that. Even though Matt Moore looked decent in his stead. Um, but yeah, this is in Kansas City. I don't remember where it was when they played earlier this year. Was it in Kansas City? I have it? to look at yeah. it. Um, but Houston did beat the Chiefs, right? I thought that's what happened. Let me tell you. I'll look it up. Pretty sure Houston beat the Chiefs. Kansas. Yeah, because if 
Because Houston could have got the three seed the last week of the season if Kansas City lost. And they ended up with the same record. Yeah, so I think Houston did beat them. Um, So Houston can play good against Kansas City, but the Kansas City defense that we saw the last six weeks of the season actually looked like a good defense. Yes, much improved. Um, Tyron Matthew was making a late push for like all pro consideration. Um, I don't know about defensive player of the year consideration, but. And that team was given up under 10 points a game for like a six-game stretch or something like that. So I don't know if that's the Kansas City team we're going to see. I don't know if it was a product of the teams they were playing at that point in time. Um, If the Texans team comes out for the first three and a half quarters like they did against Buffalo, this game's over. Like they're not going to be able to come back against the Chiefs like they did against the Bills. No. And you are correct. They did. Did they beat them handily? 31-24. Oh, okay. So just by seven. And it was it in Kansas City? Uh, it's looking like it, yes. Okay. Um, so the Texans have showed they can play there and that they can play well. Um, but Kansas City played really well the second half of the season because they ended up 12-4. and four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which seven weeks in, no one expected. No. Especially after they got thrashed by Indy, right? I think that was kind of the turning point in their season. They also traded for a couple... Uh, secondary people. Yeah. So that that's helped them, right? They because got, they definitely needed it. Yeah, they got Conley and Hargraves. That's right. Uh, which, yeah, you need a good secondary because just everybody throws the ball now. Or at least those guys need to be able to <laughs> yeah. like cover ground and yeah. find people. Uh, I, I think the Chiefs win this one, but I think it's going to be close. I kind of feel that way too, especially if Houston's able to run the ball. Yeah. Um, yeah, Houston's been able to run the ball all year. How many yards did Hyde have this year? He had oh. over a thousand for the first time. In a long time? Well, ever. First time in his career. No. That's what they were saying. Really? Yeah. That can't be right. He had 1,070 yards this year. I swore that early in his career he would have had over a thousand. Well, he's only been in the league for what, four years, five years? Carlos Hyde? Yeah. Uh, this is his sixth year. Oh yeah, I guess he had nine eighty eight and nine thirty eight. Oh, because the year he had nine eighty eight, he only played thirteen games. So I was probably thinking of that season being a good season. So if he plays the whole year, he gets twelve hundred yards. Yep. But yeah, you're right. First year over a thousand. Wow. Yeah, I just think it's close. I don't think. So the Chiefs are like nine and a half point favorites in this game. And I just, I don't, I can see them winning by 10, but I see it being closer than that. Yeah. But I think they win. Um, The last game, though, Hawks at Packers, Sunday afternoon. The Hawks didn't look great. Uh, They had a couple big plays against some blown coverages. And the Eagles also don't have a pass rush, really. And they had Fletcher Cox. Yeah. That was it. And they cannot the Eagles can't block anybody on their O-line either because they have a ton of injuries. Yep. Guess who has a good O-line and a really good front line on defense and a good secondary? That'd be Green Bay. Yeah. I There's no way the Hawks are getting six sacks or whatever it was that they got against Philly. No, and if Rodgers is going to sit back there, he's going to pick you apart. Yeah. Um, was the Hawks were the had the second fewest sacks that any team in the NFL this season? 
It was like 27, 28 sacks, something like that. They were like the 30th ranked pass rushing team yeah. in the league. That's not going to work against Green Bay. No. Because um, Aaron Rodgers, even though he's 35, 36. He's still sling it, though. Yeah. They got a bunch of weapons. They're a pretty healthy team. And the Seahawks O-line is going to struggle against the Smiths and the rest of that Green Bay defense. You're not... If you would have, if they would have played this game a month ago, right, when Seattle had Carson and Seattle had Penny healthy, mm-hmm. one could argue I could see it. Yeah, you're bringing in Travis Homer, who really didn't look that great against the Eagles, no. and Marshawn, who looks super washed up. Yeah, he, like he had some good runs. Like the touchdown run was nice because he did hit a guy. It was inside the five yard line. Yeah. He he hasn't looked great. What was the first game? He was like twelve for thirty four. Yeah. Um. So he's under three yards of carry. Not good. No. Uh, six for seven against Philly. Homer's eleven for twelve. That's so really good rushing statistics. Seventeen for nineteen. You know what's good being seventeen for nineteen? Passing, not running. And give Russell. I mean, Russell had a good game, right? <sighs> Russell did. He threw for – he had 95% of his team's freaking yards. Okay, so, yeah, he did have a good game. He throws for 325 yards. But 100 of those were on two busted plays. Um, the DK Metcalf touchdown, he was, like, kind of uncovered. Like, yeah, a guy chased ran, him. Yeah, he just ran up the freaking – he but, just ran a freaking fly route. Yeah, but they showed, like, the coverage, and these two guys switch on defense, and no one picks up Metcalf. No. And then when whoever the safety was saw him run by, he's like, oh, there's no one there, and he chased him. And then the third and ten play or whatever to Metcalf, like, the guy just didn't go with him again. And I don't think that's going to happen in Green Bay. I don't either. Because their safeties are good. Yes. And their corners are good. And that whole defense is good. There's a reason they signed a whole bunch of guys and spent a whole bunch of money. For once. Yeah. And this is the result. They're 13-3. Yeah. yeah. And it's going to be cold. And it's supposed to snow. Oh, it is? Yeah. And if you're asking me then, if it comes down to the running game, who are you more confident in? Aaron Jones or the tandem of Lynch and Homer? Give me Aaron Jones all day. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so today was just about freezing. But then the rest of the week, uh, it's supposed to be like, High 20s, teens, in the 30s, freezing, 23, and then snowing on Sunday. So it's going to be cold. Um, it's be cold. It's not like the Green Bay of 20 years ago. They have a heated field now, so it is different. You're not playing on the frozen tundra. No, you're not. But that's still cold. Yes. Because you got to figure wind chill into that, too. Yeah, because it's always windy there. Most because everybody in town goes to the game, so there's no one to block the wind. Nope. Because the town is empty. <laughs> The Hawks or the Packers are four point favorites here, which really surprises me. For so long, Vegas didn't like the Hawks. Now they do. Now they. I, and they're worse. Yeah, that's the part I don't quite get. You're telling me that the Packers and the Hawks are pretty much even in Vegas' size because I think Green Bay gets three and a half, maybe four. I think they get three and a half. They're one of the, home. Yeah, they're yeah. one of the few teams that get more. So you're saying these two teams are, for all intents and pur- purposes, even. Yeah. So they're saying if the game was in Seattle, to pick them? No, if the game's in Seattle, then they're favored by four points. That's ridiculous. 
Because I don't see that. When I was looking at lines, I went game by game. And so you get six and a half for the Niners. You get nine for the Ravens. You get nine and a half for the Chiefs. I'm expecting the Packers to be like seven and a half to nine, somewhere in there. Because even in Seattle, I figured Green Bay would be the favorite. Four points. You said it, buddy. That's why I'm so confident in that game this week that the Packers win by more than four. So am I. Like, if that was one where gambling was legal in Washington, I would be putting money on it. I am putting money on it. Oh, talking to <laughs> talking to the uncle? Thinking about it. Nice. I like it. I did just get $100 for my birthday. Hmm. Isn't gambling legal in, like, Oregon now, too? Pretty sure it is. I think so. Darn Washington. Anyway, we'll just move on to gambling for all the games because we both said we like the Packers and we like them a lot. Uh, so... Niners Vikings. Niners are six and a half point favorites, and I like them to cover. Same. Yeah. Uh, this is your first time doing gambling, and I don't know how long. Forever. Yeah. Uh, the evening game: Titans at the Ravens. Ravens are nine point favorites. I'm a, like I'm a little worried about Derrick Henry. Um, maybe a backdoor cover here, but I'm just trying to cover my bases and say the Titans cover here. Ah, uh, give me the Ravens. All right. Like I, I really want to say it's gonna be thirty-one to thirteen. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be close. Yeah, I hope not. I hope it's like a couple years ago when the Ravens played the Titans in the game that Brad still will not talk about when Mariota got sacked eleven times. That was fantastic. Could be. Yeah, Mariota's gonna get sacked eleven times. <laughs> uh, it's the first Sunday game. Texans at Chiefs. I like the Texans to cover here. It's nine and a half. Yeah, I think they keep it single digits. Yep. And then the last game, Packers by four, easy. If this game was nine and a half, I'm taking the Packers. Yeah, give me the Packers on that one. So I think this is one of those ones where setting up a three-team parlay would be really nice. Because um, I think three teams gets you seven points. Yep. So you could get the Ravens to win by more than two, the Chiefs to win by three or more, and the Packers to keep it within three. And you'd win your bet. Um, that would be for even money, though. That's why you're getting the points. But yeah. So the only one we don't agree on is Titans Ravens, but that's just because I'm trying not to be too confident, overconfident about it. Nah, I think that's good. Yeah. All right, I think that's gonna do it for this week. Uh, the beer on tonight's podcast was brought to you by Overflow Taps. Uh, Overflow Taps Craft Beer Experience is their podcast. You can go and check it out on your favorite podcast provider. One of the great things about Overflow Taps is that for every pint you buy when you're in there, uh, 25 cents is donated to help build wells in Africa. Um, so you should go ahead and DM them. Uh, thank them for doing that. Mention late night shots when you do it. You can get entered in to win a prize pack at the end of the football season. So make sure to check out Overflow Taps on Facebook and Twitter to be entered in. Uh, tonight's beer was Sunday Driver from Urban Family Brewing, and it was quite tasty. Um, and that is going to do it. Landon, you got anything to say before we get out of here? No, I do not. All right. Don't throw things at referees. <laughs>